And welcome everyone to another edition of the John Kirkland Show. I'm glad you can join me. Uh, today, I kind of wanted to talk about boxing. I kind of wanted to kind of break down certain things that, you know, I see on the social media, stuff that I see, you know, kind of ridiculous things that, you know, people talk about when it comes down to boxing. Um, but I, I'll say this, when it comes down to uh, Floyd Mayweather, I know a lot of people said, oh, he, you know, he handpicked his opponents. Uh, he did this, he did that. I, I, I don't think people did their research in what he did in the sport. Like, I don't think people understand that, you know, he was already fighting. He fought Zab Judah when he was 130. Zab Judah was 140. So he was already unifying between the super featherweight and he was all he was also uh, unifying uh, when he got to lightweight also. So I just want to kind of give you a few opponents within his career um, that he has fought. And I'm going to give you the record at the time that he fought them. And one of the biggest names that stand out to me, um, one of them, was at the super featherweight uh, division when he fought for the WBC super featherweight title against Diego Corrales. Now, when he fought Diego Corrales, that was back in 2001. Uh, Diego Corrales was 33-0. and 0. He never lost. So if you're 33-0 and 0 and you're the WBC super featherweight champion, what does that mean? That means that you're one of the top guys in the division. So when people say Floyd Mayweather didn't either fight anybody or... He handpicked his opponents. No, he fought the best at the time uh, for the for the WBC title at Super Featherweight. Then he turned around and defended the WBC uh, Super Featherweight title against Carlos Hernandez. Now Carlos Hernandez was 33 and two. He was one of the he was one of the top uh, featherweights uh, at that time. And then he went on to defend the Super featherweight title again uh, against Jesus Chavez or G Jesus uh, Chavez Chavez was 35 and one then he turned around and moved up and fought Luis Castillo for the world lightweight title which is the WBC lightweight title so he moved up another weight class just to fight uh, Castillo now when he fought Castillo Castillo was 45 and four at the time then he fought Mayweather again and lost again by unanimous, unanimous decision, the same thing. And then he turned around and took on Vic, Victorino Sosa. Now, he was 35-2 and two with two draws, and he ended up uh, defending the WBC lightweight title against Victorino Sosa. And then he ended up fighting Philip Indu, Philip Indu. 30, 31 and one. So before I continue on, I just want people to understand with that stat line. He fought world champions or you were ranked at the top of either you were a top contender, top five or better in the division. I just want that to be clear right now. So he didn't handpick his opponents. If you go back and look at the people he fought, um, he ended up fighting Arturo Gotti. Now, let me give you guys a stat line. When he fought Arturo Gatti, he moved up in weight. He fought, he was still the WBC light, he was still lightweight. 
he still had the lightweight title at the time. He moved up to fight Arturo Gatti. Arturo Gatti was 39 and 6. Arturo Gatti ended up losing the WBC super lightweight title. So mind you, when uh, Mayweather beat Arturo Gatti, he became the WBC light uh, world lightweight champion, and then he became the super lightweight champion. So what that means is that he was already champion in two different weight classes. Now, what people don't know is he already came in with two different titles at two different weight classes. Then he turned around and fought uh, Zab Judah. Zab Judah was 34 and three at the time. Okay, Zab Judah had the International Boxing Federation, which is the IBF welterweight title and then he had and then they ended up fighting for the vacant welterweight title which was the ibo title at the time so basically it was vacant but it was for the ibo time i it was for the ibf title basically and he ended up fighting zab judah he beat zab judah unanimous unanimous decision so now he's champion in three weight classes so now he's now, again, he's the WBC World Lightweight Champion. He's the Super Lightweight Champion. And now he's the IBF Welterweight Champion. So he ends up unifying. And then he turns around and fights Carlos Baldemir and unifies against uh, uh, Carlos Baldemir. Carlos Baldemir at the time was the WBC Welterweight title. He had the... Um, the international, he had the IB, yeah, he had the IBF, and then the WBC titles was on the line. So he was already practically almost unifying um, the uh, welterweight division when he was already uh, lightweight and super lightweight champion already. So he was already now became three times. He has three different belts, three different times, three different three different divisions. I haven't seen that done yet in the sport of boxing. Just letting everyone know. Still haven't seen that done yet. Then he fooled around and took on Oscar De La Hoya for the WBC Super Welterweight title. Now, he was already welterweight champion, lightweight champion, and super lightweight champion prior to fighting Oscar De La Hoya. Because, again, no one has beat Mayweather for those belts. So he came in as a three-time division world champion prior to fighting De La Hoya, and then he ended up winning four belts, four different times, against four different top contenders, and they were all world champions. Let me just put that out there. So then he turned around, and he ended up putting the welterweight title on the line against Ricky Haddon after beating Oscar De La Hoya, who was 38-4 and four at the time. He ended up uh, taking on Ricky Haddon. Ricky Haddon actually was 43-0. and 0. He never lost. Prior to fighting Mayweather. I just want to put that out there. When people say he handpicked his opponents. Okay. And I think. Uh, yeah. Ricky Hatton was an undefeated fighter. Then. He ended up retiring for two years. He came back to the sport. And he ended up fighting Juan Manuel Marquez. And Marquez was 50 and 4. He won unanimous decision. Mind you. He's not champion now. He, you know. He retired. So he vacated the belts. Then he ended up fighting Sugar Shane Mosley. Sugar Shane Mosley ended up being 46 and 5, and he won by unanimous decision. Now, going back to Ricky Hatton, he did knock out Ricky Hatton, so let's just be clear about that. 
So then he ended up fighting Victor Ortiz, which was his third fight coming back from his retirement. He ended up winning the WBC welterweight title again for the second time. Then he ends up fighting Miguel Cotto at 37-2. and So Miguel Cotto came in with the WBA Super World welterweight title. And then he had the Diamond Welterweight title. It was vacant. So those three belts he ended up taking from Miguel Cotto. Then he ends up uh, signing the biggest deal in boxing and fights his first fight with Robert uh, Guerrero. Robert Guerrero had the WBC Welterweight title. What happened? He took it. Actually, no. Robert Guerrero didn't have the title. uh, Mayweather did. Excuse me. And then he took on the great Saul Canelo Alvarez. Alvarez was 42-0 with one draw at the time. So he ended up bringing, he ended up fighting. So so Saul, so back in 2013, Alvarez was already fighting for the WBC uh, Super Welterweight title and then the WBA World Superweight title. So there was two titles on the line. So mind you, Mayweather had already had those two titles prior to going into the to the fight. So now he ends up with uh, two belts. The same two belts he beat Alvarez, he turned around and beat Marcos Maidana for the WBC welterweight title. Marcos Maidana was 35-3. and three. He fought Maidana again and ended up winning the WBC, the WBO, and the WBA. Then he turned around and fought Manny Pacquiao, for the WBC welterweight title, the WBA, and the WBO welterweight titles. Basically, he ended up unifying that um, later on. But he but he had three belts and he beat Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao was 57-5. and five. And then his last fight, he ended up taking Andre Berto. Now, let's talk about that. Now... The reason why he took on Andre Berto, when people ask me all the time, well, why did he take on Spence? Why did he take on uh, Thurman and some of the other guys, Danny Garcia? Here's the point. I just read you all the top contenders that he that he faced. Mind you, he went up and wait. He went up and wait and fought most of these guys. So my point is, is that why should he fight a Keith Thurman? Why should he fight an Earl Spence? What is the point? What does that change in the perception in the way that you already see him? That's what I want to know. That, that's the biggest question I want to know. Now, are you going to say, okay, well, he's still TBE, the best ever, after he does go out there and beats maybe a Spence or a Keith Thurman or, or anybody else you think, or Terrence Buck Crawford, is he still the best ever? People are always going to say whatever they want to say regardless. That's just my personal opinion. They're going to say, oh, he's not this, he's not that. And he's beaten some of the best fighters in the world. Most of these guys were champion or they were undefeated in boxing. I, so I don't understand the narrative and what and what they're saying right now. I'm just I'm kind of lost. I just wanted to get people some information on his opponents. And yes, he's he's 50 and 0. His his record is 50 and 0. Now, when you talk about legacy and breaking records and and all those things why does he have to break people's records to satisfy the fans to satisfy the fans i mean you got to look at what other fighters have done like for example 
Earl Spence ain't unifying no he Earl Spence ain't ain't uh dominating these divisions like that. Earl Spence ain't unifying the 147 division. And then guess what? He's not gonna move up to 154 right now and fight somebody at 154 or go up to 160. He's not gonna do what Mayweather did. Mayweather said, okay, you're not gonna give me the fight at 130. Okay, I'm gonna move up to 135. So now he became champion at 130 and 135. Oh, okay, you're not going to give me the fight at 135? Okay, well, I'm going to move up to 140. So now he's champion at 130, 135, and 140. Oh, you're not going to give me the opportunity at 147? Fine. So now he's champion at 130, 135, 140, and 147. So my point is, is that a lot of fighters are not doing what he's accomplished in 50 fights. And that's where he does not get his his credit. He doesn't get his due because people say, oh, he's, you know, he doesn't get hit. He doesn't brawl. He just he, he runs around. He always says that it's it's all about dish and punishment, not taking it. He says it all the time. He says it all the time. And the thing is, is this. You have to admire what he's done in the sport. You have to you have to admire. It's like this. I'll give you an example. Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson, to me, since 1985, was one of the best heavyweights ever since 1985. Okay? Now, I'm not taking nothing away from Evander Holyfield or, or Lance Lewis, but here's my point. My point is this, is that name one heavyweight who dropped down in weight to fight somebody to unify any of the divisions below the heavyweight division. Or better yet, give me one fighter who left 154, jumped up to 160, jumped up to 168, and won titles in all three divisions. Right now, Canelo is doing that right now. Canelo's doing that right now. So pound for pound, as of right now, Canelo's, Canelo's the guy. How is he not? How is Canelo not pound for pound champion? I mean, how is he not pound for pound the best in the world? And I'm not taking nothing away from Earl Spence. I think he's a hell of a fighter. I'm not taking nothing away from Bud Crawford. But in it, but the one thing that Bud Crawford does have, I think, over Earl Spence, and this is my personal opinion, when you do talk about accomplishments, well, Bud Crawford unified, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, 135 and 140. The moment he unified at 140, he moved up to 147, if I'm not mistaken. So he's unified a lot of the different divisions. But I haven't seen Earl Spence do that. So the question becomes, how are you the best pound for pound fighter in the world? And you haven't accomplished what maybe Bud Crawford has or Canelo has or Mayweather has. Now you talk about a young kid named Javante Davis, who's champion at 130, 135. And now he moved up to 140. Uh, he's fighting Mario Barrios at 140. And I would not be surprised if he's three division champion in three different weight classes at three different times. Who did that? Floyd Mayweather. I just I just read it to you. Just read it to you. Now, do I think a young Devin Haney, Shakur Stevenson, who I'm going to see on Saturday night uh, fight in person, um, am I going to see uh, T. Fimo Lopez? He's actually he unified 135. Um, but when you say that you're the best in the world, that means that you're unifying 135, 140, 147. 
And until people accomplish those things, you can't tell me you're the better fighter. You can't tell me you're the better fighter. Now, I can't compare Javante Davis to Floyd. That's not right. I'm not going to compare Devin Haney to Floyd. Now, do I think Devin Haney has the potential to be, you know, accomplish some of the stuff that Floyd has? Absolutely. I think so. I think Tiafimo's on his way as well. I think Javante Davis has in inherited the, bl the blueprint. But we all want to see matchups, but we're not going to do that. Why? Because this is a business. This is a business. We want to see some great, great boxing. And I think we are. We're just going to see it later on down the road. We're going to see it later on down the road. But getting back to my point is that a lot of people don't give Floyd his due. Now, let's say Floyd says, I'm coming out of retirement for one nine only, and I'm going to fight Earl Spence. What's the benefit for Mayweather to fight Spence? What, what, how does it benefit Floyd? You can't say it's money because he has it already. So how does it benefit Floyd? Whether he fights Spence or not doesn't make a difference and beats Spence. Guess what they're going to say? Oh, well, he should have did that. He's TBE. He's the best ever. But then if he loses, they're going to say, see, we told you. We told you he wasn't the best because people want to see him. People pay to see him lose. They want to see that all the time. And that's crazy to me. It, it just it just it just blows my mind how people want to do that. But look at what he does with adversity and look how many people he's beaten already. It's an amazing career, amazing career. And I think that is I'll tell you this right now is Mayweather. One of the top five best ever. Yes. Yes. Now, is he the best best ever? Absolutely not. Now, I'll tell you this right now. When you say that, when you say that, people have to put it in context and say, okay, are you judging that based on wins versus loss record? Are you judging that based on uh, his accomplishments in the sport? Are you basing that on who he's fought? Are you, what are you basing it on when you say that? Because if you're talking about records, then there's a lot of people that got something to say about that if you're basing it on records past, present, and future. You, you, there, there's an argument there. Now, if you're talking about record, no, Floyd, Floyd Mayweather is not the best ever. In terms of record, no. Because then Andre Ward is not the best, is not one of the best either. Because he was undefeated when he finished. But not to get off the topic, I'm just saying that if you're basing it on record, no, I agree. Floyd is not the best ever in terms of record. Okay. Now, the thing that Floyd does have over people, how many world champions has the other fighters you're talking about? Matter of fact, how many world champions has Earl Spence beat? How many world champions has Keith Thurman beat? How many world champions um, has Bud Crawford beat? See, that's the thing. You got to look at what this man has done a lot in 50 fights. He's accomplished not just in boxing, but in business, period. And he changed the way that business is done forever in the sport of boxing. So is he a legend in the sport? Absolutely. Because when you make a contribution like that to the, to, to the game, 
and you change the way business is done and then you dominate the sport, how are you not a legend in the sport? I think people are ridiculous. I think people won't give this man his, 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 his justice, his due. It's sickening and it's ridiculous. I just, I hate hearing it. You know, oh, okay, well, I, I tell you what, he won't beat Crawford. He won't beat Spence. But look, Floyd is 44 years old. Where were these guys at when Floyd was dominating all these different divisions, especially when he was dominating 147? Oh, he's scared of Pacquiao. He's not scared of Pacquiao because when he beat Pacquiao, what happened? He beat Pacquiao, man, straight up, simple and plain. He beat him. He beat him. He showed you his skills. What about Canelo Alvarez? He beat Canelo Alvarez. Guess what? Canelo Alvarez, as far as I'm concerned, is the best in boxing today. Ain't nobody fooling with no Canelo. Nobody. So how is, how is Floyd not the best ever? How is he not? But then again, I said, he's not if you're basing it on record. Now, to me, is he the top five all time? Legendary? Yes. Yes, he has to be. He has to be. He has to be. Um, when you talk about, he had 50 bouts. 50 bouts. When he fought uh, back in 96, if I'm not mistaken, he fought back in 96. And he fought, guys, he had one, two, three, four, five. He had five within a course span of a year. He fought uh, in January, he fought in February, he fought in March, he fought uh, in April, and then he fought again in May. So within the first, I would say, one, two, three, four, five, within the first five months, he's already fought five consecutive fights, and he was already knocking cats out, TKOs. Boom, boom, boom. And he hadn't even won a world title. His first world title, his first world title was against, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Gennaro Hernandez. Gave him his first title after he beat Tony Pep. Or Tony, yeah, Tony Pep. And Tony Pep was 38 and 6 at the time. And then he ended up beating Angel Manfredi, who was 25 and 2. Then he ended up being Carlos Rios at 44 and 2. So again, he's fought top contenders since he got a title shot at the featherweight division. I mean, top guys with 44, 40, 40 bouts. Floyd Mayweather, let me let me give you guys another stat real quick. Floyd Mayweather only had, let's see, uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 15... 16. He only had, he was fighting for the world title with 17 bouts. He was 17 and 0 when he won the first title. 17 and 0. 17 and 0, ladies and gentlemen. He was already fighting, let's see, he was already fighting 1, 2, 3, 4, 
So he was already fighting after he fought Gennaro Hernandez. He defended the title against Angel Manfredi and ended up winning um, five consecutive five consecutive bouts on top of that. So you got you got to think he was already when he fought Tony Penn, he was already 17 after after that fight, he was already 17 and 0. So by the time he got to Diego Corrales, which was 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. So he was already 24 and 0 fighting a Diego Corrales who was 33 and 0. This was a young kid. And not even and not even not even two years, he was fighting the best, the best super featherweight in the world. So I just want people to, to understand that Floyd's the man, whether we like it or not. The man, he, he's the man, and he's fought. And another thing I want to let everybody know is that he did fight Shane Mosley. Oh, he fought a Shane Mosley that was over the hill. It doesn't matter. He fought Shane. Simple as that. Oh, he fought Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, he, uh, Manny Pacquiao was over the hill. But these are the same people that said he was scared of him. Okay, boom. He beat Manny Pacquiao. Next. Ricky Hatton. Oh, okay. Next. That's what it comes down to. Ricky Hatton was one of the top fighters in the world at that time. He was undefeated. So I, I, it just bothers me when people say, oh, he didn't fight nobody. Look at this man's career since he started in 96 and then go from there. And then we can talk about wins versus losses. Now, does he have a lot of TKOs? From my understanding, he only has uh, 27 KOs out of 50. So I just wanted to throw that out there to you. I just want people to understand that, you know, Floyd Mayweather showed the sweet science of his career and he beat people just the way he said he would do it and you got to give him his credit whether you want to or not the man is the best boxer one of the top five best ever and when you guys tune in next week we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that and we'll also i'll also give you my top five of all time all time so we'll definitely we'll definitely talk about that and what we'll do is each week we'll talk about uh, you know, just kind of zoom in on fighters' careers because at that point, you know, you can actually, you know, really learn the history of, you know, Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather, some of the people that, you know, we're looking at fighting today. Now, let's talk about this exhibition. My question is this to the listeners is what did you expect from Floyd Mayweather? What did you expect from Logan Paul, a guy who doesn't box? By the way, he was pretty... He was all right for being a YouTuber. What did you expect from Floyd? 44 years old. And he keeps saying it. I'm not 20. I'm not the same guy I used to. I'm not this. I'm not that. So what did we really expect? Because why is it that the people who paid for the event, whatever your speculation was about the event, you still paid for it, but now you still have something negative to say. Oh, well, it was staged. It was fixed. But you paid for it. But if you know these exhibitions are staged or whatever, you don't have to buy it. You don't have to buy it. But a lot of people 
buy it. Why? Because they're hoping that they get a chance to see Floyd lose. They're hoping for that. I don't hope for it. Why? Because I know he's he, he's the best. He proves it every single time. So if you doubt him and he shows you, then what's there to doubt from that point on? I just want to let everybody know, tune in this week. Uh, tune in on Saturday night. I will be at the fight, but tune in on Saturday night and watch a very, very entertaining fighter. Uh, you're going to be able to see on the card, Jose Pedraza. He's going to be fighting on the same card as Shakur Stevenson, uh, the young and up-and-coming fighter who will fight um, on Saturday night, top-ranked boxing on ESPN at 3.30. You guys should check that out uh, when you get the chance. Check it out. Also, I want to give you guys my comments on the Devin Haney fight. I know a lot of people uh, you know, kind of reached out to me and asked me about the fight. First thing is first. I think we need to look at Lenares and give this man a lot of credit. A lot of credit. And there was there were moments in the fight where I thought, uh-oh, Devin Haney's in trouble. Devin Haney is in trouble. He hit Devin Haney with some really, really good shots. And I've, I haven't seen Devin Haney in that type of trouble before. So it was, uh, was kind of new to me. And... Don't get me wrong. Devin Haney won on the scorecards. Simple as that. Devin Haney dominated the first, I would say, maybe the first five rounds. And then he lost some rounds. Now, I think he learned something. I think that fight humbled him. Um, do I think, based on his performance, do I think that he's ready for Tiafimo Lopez? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. He's not ready for TFEMO. Here's the thing. When you're beating people decisively, there's no indication what you're ready for. But when you're struggling, but you get the victory, but you struggle, it's like, wait a minute. Maybe we need to get back in the gym. Because it may not be this easy with TFEMO Lopez. It may not go this way with TFEMO Lopez compared to Lenares. It may not go that way. So I just want people to understand, you know, is he ready? No. What is my prediction on the Deontay Wilder and Tyson Ferry fight? I am so happy that this fight is happening uh, for the third time. I think the pressure is more on Tyson Ferry. Why? Because he has to win. He has to. Deontay Wilder is going to win. There's a difference. There's a difference between having to win and going to win. And he's going to beat Tyson Fury. Why? Because he has more to prove. And if you go back to a lot of the fights that Deontay Wilder has fought, guess what? Anytime he has something to prove, what did we see? Knockout. So I have a lot of faith and confidence that Deontay Wilder can get the job done in July. I do. Lastly, I'm going to close my, my podcast with this question because a lot of people have this question too and I'm going to answer it right now. Well, actually, there's a couple questions. Number one, the last fight in August, August 21st, Manny Pacquiao will challenge Earl Spence. Here's, here's my take on that. Do I believe Manny Pacquiao can beat Earl Spence? Yes. 
on the scorecards. Yes. Yes, I do. Do I think Earl Spence can beat Manny Pacquiao? Yes, I do. Uh, the same way, scorecards. Now, the question for me is, is does Earl Spence take rounds off in fighting 12 rounds with Manny Pacquiao? And how much would that affect him on the scorecards? Because Manny Pacquiao is going to fight you for all 12 rounds at, at max speed. So I, I just want that to be clear too. Also, I want to talk about, uh, again, Earl Spence. Earl Spence has the ability to beat Manny Pacquiao. Can he knock Pacquiao out? I'm not going to say he can or can't. Why? Because we don't know. We don't know. So, yes. What's my prediction on the fight? Who's going to win? I'm going to do this. I'm going to say this. And I, and I know a lot of people are not going to agree with me. But I'm, I'm going to go with Manny Pacquiao. And I think Manny Pacquiao is going to win by unanimous decision. That's my prediction. And I'm going to tell you why. Because the judges are not going to look at Spence's punching uh, uh, percentage, punches landed. They're not going to look at that. What they're going to look at is who was the busier fighter? Who was the more aggressive fighter? And that's where it can hurt Earl Spence. That's what I think. I don't think I'm too far off. I just want everyone to... Thank you for tuning in. Uh, this is the John Kirkland boxing special. I just kind of wanted to dive into, you know, the naysayers and and, and kind of just touch on some of the things that Floyd did on did in the sport, and talk about some of the upcoming matches or the boxing matches that are going to be coming up. Also, I just want to say again, thank you for tuning in. Tune in next Wednesday. Um, I'm going to have another fighter that I'm going to go into, probably Terence Crawford or. or some other people, but I, I just, in terms of the debate, I just kind of want to break down the opponents, uh, unifying the divisions, just so that we get a clear perspective as to when people say, oh, he handpicked his opponent, he cherry picks and this and that, you know, I just kind of want to elaborate on that too. So I just want to say thank you everyone for tuning in to the John Kirkland show. Um, it was a blessing to be able to give you um, this information, to be able to kind of just bring clarity to things. And uh, everyone be safe and tune in next week. Um, I got a wonderful show next week. Tune into the John Kirkland Show next week. Have a blessed day.